this is Accent, the Air University Teaching and Learning Center podcast. At Accent, we make connections between teachers, learners, and ideas in military education. The opinions, conclusions, and recommendations expressed or implied in this podcast are solely those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the views of Air University, the United States Air Force, the Department of Defense, or any other U.S. government agency. Follow us online at www.airuniversity.af.edu slash TLC or on Twitter at Air Teaching for more. My name is Andrew Moulton and I am the guest host today for the Axon podcast. Uh, I am a retired master sergeant and currently an instructional developer and instructor at the Air University Teaching and Learning Center. When I retired, I was the superintendent for education technology at the Barnes Center for Enlisted Education, and I'm currently a doctoral candidate pursuing a doctor of education from Liberty University. Uh, Today, I'm here with Master Sergeant Jakeith Robinson, United States Air Force, and he is the first sergeant at the 552nd Operation Support Squadron at Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma. Uh, Recently, he was honored as and Air Combat Command's 2022 Outstanding First Sergeant of the Year. And he holds a bachelor's degree in applied science from the University of Arizona. How are you, sir? I am good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Um, Well, thanks for talking with us today. We'll just get started. Um, One of our, the first questions that, uh, you know, we talk a lot about the, at the teaching and learning center and you you hear a lot about, especially on the enlisted side. Um, How how do you think the United States invests in the enlisted Corps through education? Mm. Well, I believe the U S invests in the enlisted Corps through basic PME and courses like, um, or doing basic PME and courses like the senior enlisted PME one and two. Uh, You also had a gateway course in our Keystone. The education in those courses provide individuals military training and development while offering leadership and management skills and service occupational specialties and joint operations. Uh, I think the uh, there's an investment of the enlisted service member education is mostly emphasized at the tactical and operational level of war. Through education, we're able to lead, understand, execute mission objectives, within our specialty codes to operate in small teams, units, and within organizational leadership. Um, In my proposal um, that I wrote for Air University Teaching and Learning Center, I addressed the need for enlisted service members to receive education that allows them to understand, communicate, and deliver campaign level strategies, orders, and plans that um, that would meet the need for us to be able to operate in national conflict and joint environment. In my opinion, to maintain a critical advantage over China and other adversaries, we need to enhance the educational exposure that the enlisted core receives through EPME so they have more opportunities to exercise the type of analytical and strategic thinking skills that joint operations and conflict environments will demand on us. Okay, yeah, and you know, you've been through, you've, you've certainly been through uh, all the all the PME right A- ALS NCO Academy and the First Sergeant Academy. When you were talking uh, about the, the the different levels, did you find that uh, were you able to obtain some of that through uh, 
the SEJ PME that's available? Uh, yes, the SEJ 1 and 2. Um, uh, those gave me an introduction to um, joint operations and um, just to give me a perspective of operating in a joint environment. Um, so I took those about four or five years ago, and it, it kind of helped me out because I was at joint base, uh, not joint base, but I was at Fort Sam that kind of felt like a joint base. Okay. Yeah, I, I found uh, as a prior enlisted guy that, that those courses were beneficial for me as well, just as even in, even just uh, learning the different cultures of the different forces, because, um, you know, they're obviously they're, they're different from the, the Air Force. So, um, yeah, I found a lot of value in those as well. Uh, sir, how did, uh, how has PME, uh, all the PME that you've attended so far in your career, how has that helped prepare you uh, in your current role? As a first sergeant, I think it's been a mixture of both EPME and operational experiences that prepared me for my current role. Through EPME, I learned leadership tools that uh, helped develop me to get to those experiences and then those experience, use those experiences to sharpen my tools. Um, I just attended PME like a ALS, which is Airman Leadership School, and distance learning courses. Um, in both those courses, I learned supervisory skills that gave me the foundational uh, how to communicate both written and verbal as a supervisor and as a leader, and use those to uh, help transition or translate information into directives and guidance. Um, when I did the SE uh, JPME, uh, like I spoke of before, uh, it helped with my development of awareness and perspective for uh, joint operations. Also, when I went through the first Harden Academy, the education kind of shifted from on just about leadership and uh, supervisory to not just leading people, but now leading an organization. I learned how to speak from a perspective of leadership teams and not just my own perspective. The academy gave me a better understanding of leading by focusing on human, the human aspects of the mission, uh, where I was given um, curriculum like emotional intelligence, sympathy versus uh, empathy, uh, conflict resolution, and talent management. Uh, I learned how to interpret and disseminate information uh, so it met best for my leadership team and my commanders so they can make informed decisions. And I'm, I'm guessing as a, as a first sergeant, you probably utilize a little piece of that curriculum every day. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, every day. And then um, also, uh, it was in my first time role, my current role now, when I first noticed, or kind of the light bulb went off about strategic education and opportunities for enlisted members. Uh, in my first unit, I went to, it was maintenance. Maintenance being uh, heavy enlisted. Uh, off the maintainers focused solely on the jet and getting that jet ready for the, being mission ready. Uh, the maintainers worked around the clock to ensure the jet was ready to deploy at a moment's notice. Uh, and also, uh, as with my interactions with the maintainers to talk to them about the mission so I can learn more about uh, what they do every day. Uh, they could tell me all they could, everything about the jet, how much it weighed, 
what this part did and what that part did, how important these parts were, but I don't think they fully had a full picture of the mission capabilities of the of the jet. And when I say the jet, I'm I'm referring to the uh, E3. Our eyes and eyes in the sky are focal point for command and control. So when I transferred to my next unit, which is operations on the other side of the house, I was exposed more to more strategic aspects of the jet and its mission capability. And um, officer operations being more officer heavy, uh, the majority of the information in the meetings I sat in was uh, introduced me to more and more strategic talks about the capabilities, what resources the jets was covering and supporting, uh, the why behind the deployments that it was going on or the TDYs, and um, also was uh, exposed to even uh, what documents had to be signed to call for the support of the E3, right? Because it just doesn't be, you just can't call it out without having a reason to. So <laughs> it was that level of exposure that um, I believe uh, that led me to believe that incorporating more strategic education and enlisted PME will be helpful to maintain our competitive uh, advantage. And I know you've been at Tinker and Tinker before and been over in the maintainer shop. You probably understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I saw it every day. And I, I think what, what you said really bolstered, bolsters and, and backs up what we were, what we were talking about earlier uh, about, you know, because of that PMA, you, you were able to adapt more easily would you agree you were able to adapt more easily when you were moving between squadrons because you had operational and you had that that operational and tactical level pme but then also you were able to go over when you went over to oss uh where you said it was more officers heavy but because you had some strategic pme experience you were able to it, it was an easy transition so um that was really interesting thank you uh, our next question is, do you think, um, you know, you, you mentioned the different levels of, of, of PME, and I kind of spoke on SEJ PME a little bit. Um, do you think that that's an appropriate model? Do you have any idea what the other, what our, you know, our, our other nations are doing, our, our allies? Uh, you know, we've got Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom. Any idea what they're doing for or what their models are? are for their enlisted force? So I was doing research for my proposal. Uh, I came across an article, a DOD article titled NCL Key to Ukraine's Military Success Against Russia. In that article, uh, the writers kind of spoke on how Russia is still operating in a traditional Soviet model of being very officer centric and not entrusting their NCOs and giving them training and education. I know after the 2014 Russian invasion, Ukraine shifted from the Soviet model and started prioritizing development of their NCOs, uh, which is really helping them out uh, during this conflict right now. Uh, they adopted the U.S. and NATO model and uh, introduced critical thinking so they can operate on a hybrid battlefield. Yeah, that's interesting. And you can see the, like you said, the success that they're having now. The The, the Russian NCO doctrine is a lot of their folks are, they're not educated. They're oftentimes contracted. They're not put into leadership roles uh, like like we are as enlisted folks in, in the United States 
military. So it's interesting to see that they're that they're adopting and, and we sort of get to watch it through historically, right? We sort of get to to watch it work and function in real time while this while they're having their their uh, their war over there. So we also know that uh, China is always monitoring, analyzing and adapting to everything we do. Uh, China is always studying every interaction, decision, strategy that we have, whether it was in the past or current, and just to try to gain that uh, co competitive advantage uh, over us or any other country. Uh, that's one of the reasons I think is important for Enlisted Corps to receive a strategic education, like doctoring, uh, to where it prepares us for the full spectrum of operations that we're going to be up against and also lets us study our best practices from past conflicts. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. It's kind of scary when someone is out there mimicking or att attempting to mimic or copy uh, what, what you're doing and, and your doctrine. And I, I think, you know, they, they want to copy it. They want to try to reproduce it if it didn't work. Right. Mm, right so they can look at our how, how we do things and, and see that it works and, and it's worked well for us for, for a long time switching over to to opme why do you think the u.s you know as, as someone who works at at maxwell now um in the in the academic circle where all the uh, a lot of opme is coming from the epme side you probably know as well there's a big difference or there's apparently or it seems like there's a huge difference in resource allocation. Um, for instance, if you go over to become an, instruct, an instructor, an, a PME instructor, you may be getting taught by a firefighter or aircraft maintenance person or someone from legal or someone from services. But if you come over to the OPME side, you have professional educators, PhDs, folks with tons of experience. So why do you think that we invest so heavily in officer PME? Um, and then sometimes it can, it can kind of seem like there's some differing resources between PME and EPME. Any thoughts on that? So in my opinion, uh, the reason why the U.S. invests so heavily on officers PME is because they hold the heaviest responsibilities of decision-making, um, policy writers, and uh, solving complex problems. Officers are the ultimate overarching leaders within the military structure. Uh, they're required to be strategically minded war fighters that are capable of critical thinking and creative thinking and are required to be able to articulate knowledge and guidance to senior and junior service members in their command. Um, I think it's just because uh, officers give the marching orders and the intent and we as enlisted support and execute. I remember people talking about the, the differences and uh I think at certain squadrons, you know, you could follow around the first sergeant or you could follow around the, the squadron commander or the group commander. And usually when people, when, when folks came back from that, they had a completely different perspective. Um, especially, you know, it's not a decision that affects four people. They make decisions that affect 4,000 people or 400 people. So um, <clears throat> that probably makes sense for why the, the resources are the way they are. You made an argument for the strategic importance for enlisted education. Can you share some more about that? We talked a little bit about it earlier, but do you have any more insight on that? Uh, yes, I would love to share. So um, officers receive educational uh, education on national security concepts and documents in the form of academic instructions. 
Um, I believe it would be critical for listed service members to receive similar education for us to maintain our competitive advantage. Um, as we're preparing for multi-domain operations, defense agencies anticipate our peer adversaries will target our communications, our command and control operations first. They aim to interrupt and limit our ability to communicate between domains and different branches and different commands. So EPME has to put a higher level of priority on providing listed service members with strategic curriculum can effectively operate independently while being able to interpret, analyze, and translate strategic concepts uh, to help defend and support the officers above us. You know, that's the enlisted forces role, right? They always referred to as the backbone. And you mentioned strategic curriculum. I, I was reading uh, Developing Enlisted Leaders for Tomorrow's Wars that came out last year. And mm-hmm. there was a line in it that said the great aim of education is not knowledge, but action. So when you mentioned that strategic curriculum, it, it made me think about that, not knowledge, but action. So would you agree that the educational outcomes, uh, as you said, the strategic outcomes of EPME must be actionable? Yes. I don't think the, uh, the list court has to have a fundamental comprehension of strategic documents. Um, those documents being like the national security strategy, the national defense strategy and the national military strategy. We have to be able to support and execute officers and the officer's intent. But uh, I think it's important that we curriculum in the EPME to where we can have those items, learn those documents and be able to execute or learn or know how to utilize that knowledge to be able to execute in real time. Um, take the concept like ACE. Uh, ACE is uh, Agile Combat Employment. Uh, I believe ACE is not only saying that individuals need to know how to do different jobs and occupational specialties, but also having enough knowledge of those specialties to know how not having them or having them impacts the overall success of that mission. That little bit of knowledge, that little bit of uh, institutional knowledge and and, uh, that experience is, is, is priceless. And the more that, that that is taught at, to enlisted folks, you know, the more that empowers them and allows them to not only lead themselves, but lead others and, and inform others. My other question was, and this is something that I heard people ask for or, or talk about as kind of a topic of conversation throughout my career before I retired. And it was enlisted people talking about going to OPME. So I wanted to see your opinion. Why is having enlisted members attending officer PME not the best solution? Um, I know we've done it in the past, and um, there's members still serving that have attended officers PME, like war colleges and those type of things. Um, but we have to remember that every enlisted member we send to officers PME, that is an opportunity we're taking away from an officer. Also, there's just some things that is only meant for officers to learn, so enlisted just doesn't need it. I think the goal is to have EPME strategic curriculum that allows an enlisted force member to understand, communicate, and deliver campaign level strategies during national conflicts in a supporting role. I think the key point is that it's in a supporting role. I'm proposing that we receive advanced education within a supporting role so we can better assist the officers we're serving. Uh, so that we can help them work through complex and make complex problems. I do believe there's a specific opportunity during officer PME to where we can incorporate enlisted and it will be beneficial. 
in different scenarios, uh, like outcome-based scenarios when officers are going through that at the different levels of PME and where to where we can work together to work through those complex problems and understand what that would look like during real time uh, situations. Yeah, I, th- I think that could work. You know, it's uh, the, the different levels, like like you said, having in- increased educational opportunities for enlisted folks is only going to improve that communication between those officers. So while they may not be, and I agree with you, you know, they shouldn't be probably sitting next to each other in the same classroom because not only are they taking someone's spot, they're going to be learning about things that are far and above what they need to be worrying about and what they're responsible for. But the more educated the enlisted are, the better those conversations are going to be able to be, the more effective they're going to be able to be. If you had limitless resources, right? So everybody likes the the, the king or queen for a day question. So if you had limitless resources, what changes would you make to enlisted education? And we'll have kind of three three uh, times here in the near term and then in the next 10 years, the next 20 years, what kind of changes would you make to enlisted education? Uh, so it, it would be great to say, hey, everybody go to school. Everybody attends the courses and uh, everybody's educated, but I know that's not feasible. So um, I would standardize the strategic education curriculum across all branches um, and establish milestones. Each milestones will come with an increased level of curriculum. And then I would uh, ensure that our milestones align with officers' milestones for strategic learning uh, so we can develop and grow together as we climb the ranks. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, uh, those are all good suggestions. I, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's funny to see how PME was 20 years ago versus how it is now. And in my opinion, it just keeps getting better. The enlisted force just keeps getting better and stronger and, and smarter. And so I think those, your, your suggestions here would really help, would really help, uh, uh bolster that. I don't have any more questions here outlined. Was there, Anything else that you wanted to talk about today as far as the enlisted force and education? No, I just wanted to thank you for this opportunity. It was a great conversation. Um, I love talking about education and um, opportunities we can get any service member, whether officers or enlisted. It is all aimed for us to grow, learn, and apply with the future conflict that is coming. I think it is extremely critical for us to understand what we bring to the fight. And if we can improve that, then that is excellent. And we'll move forward on it. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for... Uh... Thank you for listening to Axon, the Air University Teaching and Learning Center podcast. Stay current on these and other ideas in military education by following us online at www.airuniversity.af.edu. or on Twitter at Air Teaching.